0: And I hope that I'm changing it, you know, for their generation, you know, and for their kids. I I hope that, that this makes a difference.
1: Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is, or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all, you can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is Moira, your host. And I'm so glad that you can have come back to listen. Um, it's always an exciting day when I can bring a guest on here, uh, which we've had so many over the last couple of years. And you know, my daughter shared with me somebody that she met in treatment and that she now has been following um, in her journey of helping people outside of outside of treatment and her recovery journey. So I got in co- contact with Nicole, who is on us our podcast today. Nicole McLeod, she's a mom and um, former teacher, and um, has is living a life of recovery now, and has gone through. Well, she's going to share her story again: eating disorder, uh, trouble with alcohol, and um, just. Uh, I Just, I'm excited to have a conversation with um, her today so that she can share all her nuggets of, of wisdom. And um, just thanks for joining me today as we get started, Nicole.
0: Moira, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Um, like you said, I met you um, and found your podcast through Anna, your daughter, who I met in treatment. And I always Love to be around Anna. Um, the first day she came in, she gave me this little name card. She made it with my name on it and kind of words that described me, even though she hadn't really met me yet. Um, and it's in a daily devotional meditation book that I read every day. So I think about Anna every day when I open my book. So it's just a little fun story about her.
1: Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, um, she, let's see, what did we just celebrate? Oh, my husband's birthday in January. And so we had um, uh, we had his family over and she did the same thing. She made little cards oh. for everybody and passed them out. And, um, and she talks about that. And I, I mean, that's kind of what she started to do at treatment places. She loves to do art. She's quite good at. it. And I also believe what she's good at is that intuition part that she, you know, gets to know people. She knows what they're all about, kind of just that, that wiseness of just her wiseness. And so she's created into the point that there was a place that she returned to. She's been at a few treatment, a couple of treatment places, a couple of times. And, um, when she returned to one, there was somebody that came up to her, I might be botching the story, but said, Oh, you're back. I never got one of those name tags or either that, or she, or maybe, no, maybe it was that she still had the name tag or something, but I mean, they are like little things, right. But they mean so much to the people that she does them for. And so I just think it's, I think it's a wonderful way that she um, has connected, you know, with others. And she also leaves her, she kind of leaves her mark and leaves her you know, energy and love with that person. And just like you've said, I think that's, I'll have to sh- make sure I share that with her that, that you have that in your daily devotional book. So yeah, it's every um, day.
0: It, it lights me up when I wake up.
1: Yeah. Mine is on my mirror upstairs in my bathroom. Aww. So, um, so let's move it on to you okay. And um, as we, <laughs> um, but as we, we start, we always start with a story and, um, you know, kind of how things started. If it, Which started, which came first? Again, we're going to talk a little bit about that co-occurring conditions that sometimes there are uh, more than one um, struggle, more than one addiction. So why don't we start with the story and um, what you are comfortable sharing and the importance of kind of the things that you've learned along the way, Um, but we'll start, we'll start there.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know, as far back as I can remember, I've always had, you know, broken relationship with food, with my body. Um, and even alcohol and I think that really led you know me to have broken relationships with other people too. you know as a as a kid, I was always anxious. I remember my mom telling me, you know I was colicky and always had and I have always had stomach aches. I carry everything in my stomach and um, I you know I just never I guess I never felt like I had a voice, never felt like I was, good enough, skinny enough, smart enough, so embarrassed of my body. I don't, it was, I don't know, just that, just that broken relationship. And I don't fully remember I'm working on this in therapy. If at my first drink was first or the eating disorder was first, it was all, you know, somewhere in seventh, eighth or ninth grade when it began. I grew up in a small town and you would drink on the weekends and you know, once I discovered that feeling that I would get from alcohol, I loved it. You know, it made those feelings that I had about myself disappear. It made me confident. Um, it, you know, it was definitely a confidence booster. And, you know, in reality, it was just a coping mechanism because when you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol it's fake it's not you it's the disease taking over so yeah you know i i definitely used it as a coping mechanism and then the bulimia started i abused laxatives at some point my parents found out and i did get help i remember going to a couple support groups and then i went away not away it was more like an intensive outpatient treatment program I think when I was 16, so I did that for about six weeks in the summer, found a therapist who really helped and started taking an antidepressant. And that really helped with the, the the bulimic, the bulimic behaviors. Um, but then I don't know why I stopped, maybe I got better. So I stopped taking it. I thought I was better. Um, I stopped therapy and went off to college and I, drink. I mean, I, I drank before I was 21. I can't tell you the number of times that I got sick or that I woke up not knowing, you know, where the night went, where I blacked out. I'm really lucky to be alive, to be quite honest, because I can remember, you know, not remembering the, remembering bits and pieces of the night or not remembering at it all. It's a very scary feeling. Yet I continued to do it. And that's the the power that alcohol has. But I was able to successfully graduate college and I got a teaching job right out of college shortly after I met my husband and um you know, I felt like I was in a good place the eating disorder, you know, I always had that, the eating disorder voice, my sponsor and I, to this day, we call it that voice, you know, how's the voice today? Is it loud? Is it quiet? Mm -hmm. Um, that eating disorder voice was always there. Um, but my husband had proposed, well, he was planning a getaway and I had my yearly appointment with my doctor the day we were leaving, we were going to Toronto and I went to the doctor, he comes in the room and he said, how do you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror? And I said, um, okay, I guess it was a weird question. I didn't know. I was uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't know what mm. to say. And he's like, well, if you lost 20 pounds, you would look like a supermodel. So oh, dear Lord. Yeah. So I go home and my husband's there we're ready to go on this trip and I'm crying and upset and he gets on his knee and he said, you know, I don't care what you look like. I don't care how much you weigh. He said something to that effect. He, he said, you know, will you marry me? So he was saving the proposal <laughs> for the next day when we were on vacation, but um, that happened. So anyhow. That body shaming really affected me. We came home from that the little vacation and we started Weight Watchers. And, you know, of course he lost a bunch of weight. Um, so then that's when I think the restricting, the restri- the restricting really came, became my coping mechanism. And along with the the alcoholism, you know, I would restrict during the day, I would eat very little, and then I would binge drink at night. And that was kind of how I lived, you know, and we had we had our kids and there I would drink it, happy events, drink it, sad events, drink it every event in between. If the day ended and why we would you know I would drink. Um, my husband wasn't a big drinker, uh, but but you know i he would be fine with having a coke, <laughs> but mm. I, you know i I that wasn't okay with me. That wasn't okay for me to go somewhere where alcohol wasn't served that that just became the way I lived. So when maybe two years ago, um, my daughter and I were, I think my son was there too. We were at a friend's house and we were there. And then I woke up at five in the morning in my bed the next day, like, Oh my gosh, what happened? I mean, I was drinking while I was there but this happened a lot. It happened a lot where my nights were taken away from me, taken away from my family. Um, you know, so my husband said, you know, this, this can't happen. You know, you should have seen the look, the looks on the kids' faces. And so we had a family talk and I talked to them. I'm like, mom has a problem. You know, I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. Dad ordered me some books. And, you know, I knew deep down that 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 wasn't going to, that I could not do it alone, but I gave it a go. ate it like five days and, you know, then I would, you know, the sneak drink, sneak drinking started. I put it in my coffee cup and things like that. Um, and I also had this routine of, you know, I would not eat during the day or I'd eat very little. I would drink and then I'd wake up at four 30 in the morning and run, and run and run and run and run to sweat out the poison before I went to work. And, you know, I just really, I was very functional and went to work, but, you know, I'd get home at about four o'clock, I'd start getting shaky and sweaty. And, you know, I knew that I needed the alcohol to survive. And that's what, well, that's, that was that, my... that's
1: the word that kind of popped up is that you were functioning yeah. Through, you know with your coping mechanisms of you know the bad relationship with food and and with alcohol and you were functioning through life yet you know it um i would dying to inside. Say, yeah dying <laughs> inside and venture to say again you were coping with something right that was going on inside and um venture to say you probably weren't super present with you no. know with your life your kids your you know, all of that.
0: No, my every waking moment revolved around my drinking, um, or my exercise. And mm-hmm. they didn't get a lot of my attention because I was not happy if I did not get my workout in, I was not happy if I did not get my alcohol. If We went to a restaurant that didn't have alcohol. I was in bad mood and that's not okay. And mm-hmm. no. that, you know, it got, it got to that point and it you know it was awful
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i i cuz i you know you've been on a few other podcasts and i listened to some before this and um it really it it made me think like when you talked about like oh well, i didn't get my exercise in or i'd want to go and do this and you know and people have asked me since i've recovered from an eating disorder in college and you know how, you know, is a lifelong thing or when your daughter started to struggle, did it trigger you and things like that. And I don't believe, I believe there is full recovery. Um, and, um, and I don't, you know, and, and Anna's, um, struggle has more triggered things emotionally, but not necessarily, you know, the behaviors, but I do remember the times that, you know, when I had my kids and then it was like, you know, okay, I got to go work out today. And it's, I mean, it became part of my routine. And it wasn't super, I don't know. You know, there's always a scale. I i was going to say there's not, it wasn't super obsessive, but I do remember that thought, like, I got to get out and do this. And even um, when my mom was coming to watch one of the babies or something, I'm like, I really need to go for a workout. And she's like, so just take it easy. Maybe it's not time for that or whatever. And so I, I get that because I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to bring light to that because there are so many. There's, I believe that there are people that struggle with things that aren't necessarily diagnosed with a, you know, an eating disorder, alcohol, or this or that. But just to bring, just to bring attention to the fact that, just pay attention to those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, is there? Are you doing these things? Um, because there is, I believe in you know, movement and activity and just to keep ourselves healthy mentally and physically and all of that, but doing it for the right reasons. Cause I even right. had to move from, like, I know you're a runner. Um, yeah. you know, I did a lot of running and I did some marathons and some halves and, you know, we just, that was part of my routine. And, um, and then moving to that, like, okay, now I'm doing yoga. And like, now I'm walking, I'm like, really? Like when I started to move into that, like, is this really a workout? Like, really? I mean, really. But boy, my girlfriend and I, we go for walks and we have a lot of things to talk about and we go for a pretty good clip and it's great. I mean, it's not the same type of, you know, sweating, you know, intense workout, but it's still, it's very good. It's Mm -hmm. very good for the reasons that we should think of if we're going to go and move our bodies
0: and people like i i i totally believe in self care and especially as moms you need to get out like i need that you need to get out and get the vitamin d and get your body moving but if it comes to the point where you're doing it transactionally because of you know to because of what you ate the night before or you're doing it to torture yourself um that's when it's not okay
1: mhm right absolutely absolutely and um, um yeah. I mean, I, I, I wonder how it was with like, how was it with your, your kids? Because obviously you met my daughter when you were away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it with your, with your husband and your kids when you actually left the home and went for treatment, you know? Yeah. That? So,
0: yeah. So then that was, you know, after the first time I tried the second time, um, well, I tried the first time and then after you know, on my last the last blackout, my husband was like, "I can't do this anymore. You know, I can't do it." So I went and stayed with my parents and couldn't eat or sleep. I was just devastated, and I called my friend at like four thirty in the morning. I knew she'd be up. She's my angel, um, was my angel in all of this. And cause nobody ever told me I had a problem. You know, nobody ever said, you have a problem. She said, you have a problem. Check yourself into a treatment center right now. So I called my husband and told him and he was supportive. And, um, we sat down and told the kids and, you know, my son cried. It was really hard. And, um, but I, you know, I think my husband and my daughter were angry because of the weeks leading up to it. It was just out of control. And, You know, I think that they had a lot of resentment. So that was hard. Um, But then I remember being in the alcohol rehab and they told me that I need to go somewhere where they treat co occurring illnesses because they couldn't treat the eating disorder. And we had to do all all the family therapy and things like that over Zoom because of COVID. So I can just remember seeing the looks on their faces. And when I am feeling like I want to have a drink, I put that vision in my head and I'm like, I do not want, you know, um, I don't want to make them feel like that ever again. So yeah, being gone for six weeks was, it was really, really hard. And knowing that they were mad at me too, that was really hard knowing that I'm away and I can't make it better and they don't believe me. They don't trust me, which I don't blame them. Um it was, you know, it was horrible for me. And I'm sure it was just as horrible for them being away. But, you know, my therapist um at the treatment center, she said, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this teeny tiny chunk, you know, this teeny six weeks of your life, this is going, it'll feel small once you make it through. And once, you know, the recovery sticks. And you know, I, I can't agree more because, you know, it's been hard and we've all been through therapy. Um, I tried to make my amends to my daughter and, you know, she says, mom, I've lived it. I don't, I don't want to hear it. So that makes it hard, but you know, we are closer than ever now. She comes to me, asks me for advice and it's so nice to be able to actually have a clear mind and to to know my kids and to, to understand this and what they went through. And I hope that I'm changing it, you know, for their generation, you know, and their, for their kids. I, I hope that, that this makes a difference.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that there's some things in there, you know, to point out is that, you know, there are, there are, people involved that are impacted, right. By our, by our disorders, by our diseases and things like that. And um, there is that, that point that they lose trust, you know, of, Oh, I'm going to be better. I'm not going to drink today or things like that. I mean, I've heard that on plenty of um, podcasts here. I'm not going to do this. Um, and what I've also heard and seen is that that person re- in recovery, yes, they want to do it for sometimes, sometimes they're doing it for that other person, right? I mean, that seemed to be what you said is that you are continuing every day because you don't want, you remember those times and that disconnection from your family. And yet there's also times that doesn't matter what you do. They're not necessarily, it's that it's that codependency, which we mentioned a little bit before we turn the mic on is that, you know, it doesn't always, it's almost like, well, wait a minute, is, isn't what I'm doing good enough to, you know, improve that relationship or get them. And sometimes it isn't at least for a while or things like that. But the fact that you're standing true to say and strong, this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I look forward to that day that, and maybe it will repair, maybe it won't. Right. Um mm-hmm. I've heard that before, but just, um, um, but just, you know continuing on with that and staying strong because you know that it's the right thing to do yeah you know um you know you talked about on some of your other the other podcasts is about um you know and just around food and even in the beginning like that kind of broken i f- i found that interesting is that you had a broken relationship with food and that you also had bro- broken relationships with family members friends and things like that i've never had anybody state it like that but i think that's It's kind of interesting. Again, it's kind of, I encourage people to just take a pause and think about that. Like, wow, you have this broken, you know, you're not comfortable with your relationship with food. You know, how does that, well, actually one of the, the um, weekend things and courses and things that I took just reminded me of a gal that she would say, you know, we talk about one thing and she's like, okay, how does that show up in the rest of your life? (laughs) Right. Because, you know, it's something shows up here, but it's like, yeah, but how is that? How's that showing up in the rest of your life? And it sounds like that's what you were starting to see was that correlation, right?
0: Yeah. And you know, it's not, it's not about the food or the alcohol, or, you know, if you're addicted to drugs or sex or gambling or shopping, you know, it's, those are just symptoms. Those are the way what we use to cope. Mm That's,
1: it's
0: it's something, you know, it's our thinking,
1: right? Yeah. And so you talked again about intuitive eating, you talked about food rules, I'd love to just Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that. Because, uh, again, I completely get that. It took me, um, I wouldn't call them food rules. But I think as I listened to your, you talking about that, and, you know, my daughter listening to the podcast, too, it's like, yep, there definitely are food rules. And, and I love, there's a podcast that I did many years or, you know, not many years, but several episodes before about a gal who's an intuitive eating coach. And I find it very fascinating, you mm-hmm. know, and it sounded like that's something that helped you get through those food rules and put those food rules away.
0: Yeah. So the intuitive eating was huge in my recovery. Um, my sister introduce, introduced me to the no food rules, Instagram page, Colleen Christensen is the girl who created it. And it's learning how to find, you know, food freedom through the intuitive eating. And it's been, it's been life-changing that there's a workbook you follow. And, you know, I think, I don't know, stage one or stage two is breaking the food rules, So it's teaching you how to do that. Um, it's, then it talks about gentle nutrition, you know, how to nourish your body with, you know, fruits and vegetables or things like that. You know, you can, and once you've learned to become an intuitive eater, broke the food rules, then you're going to crave other things too. You're not just going to crave donuts, pizza, and all the things, you know, you're actually going to crave more nutrition rich foods, I'm trying not to give any food a name, It's taught me how to speak differently, you know, in the house about foods and body. And we don't have rules. There's no, you know, you have to clean your plate. Those are all things that lead to food rules. My friend, um, she's a a new mom. She has two little ones, a baby, baby age and maybe one and a half. And she's really been getting on board and listening to since I've been recovering from following the journey and the intuitive eating. And she's like, it's so cool. She's like, I gave my, you know, toddler a cookie with the food. Cause they say, when you're giving an intuitive, intuitive eating, put everything on the plate at once, you know, don't mm-hmm. make, don't make desserts, the special dessert, you know, don't give it more power. Don't, don't make it um, something like a special treat. All food is, should be deemed the same so she says you know she held on to this cookie through the the whole meal as she's eating her other food and she didn't ended up not even finishing the cookie mm. so you know when you don't place foods on a pedestal and you're giving you know all food the same value it makes a huge difference and mm. you know with the diet culture and um the way that it's wired our brains to you know these to all the different fads, you know, bread's bad, but let's eat all kinds of high-fat food. You know, eventually that'll work for a short period of time, but eventually, you're it's not going to work for your body. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the intuitive eating is it's huge, and I I strongly encourage it for anyone in recovery.
1: Well, and I love to again when I uh, when I learned about it, and also when we when I participated in a silent retreat for a Saturday. I remember when we went to go eat, it was all on Zoom, of course, (laughs) right? We've lived our life on Zoom in the last couple of years, Um, but it was beautiful. It was a great, um, it was a great silent retreat. And, um, but, you know, she said, just slow down and like, just pay attention to your, to the, you know, look at the colors of your food and look at, you know, how it smells and how is, is it warm? Is it cold? How does it make your body feel? And just. That part of intuitive eating, I think is really cool because I know that we're, you know, I'm speaking for myself, we're busy and sometimes we're super hungry and it's like, we just sit down and we eat, we don't pay attention to that. And it really gives, um, and, you know, I know in recovery with my daughter and watching her and hearing her talk about like, sometimes eating is just like, oh, you know, I got to You know, it's like, I got to do this and you just have to kind of do it as a, just get through it. But when you can get to that point that you really enjoy your food, not just for, I mean, partly, yes, because it's nourishing your body, like you said, but that it's, it's lovely. It looks good. It, you know, it just, it's, it was really, and just slowing down enough to like take the bite and like, wow, this really tastes good. And I really enjoy this and those flavors and things like that. It's really, it makes that, that eating enjoyable. And I love the fact that you said, you don't have to put things on a pedestal because oftentimes that's what it is, right? It's like, okay, we're going to have this. And then if you're good, right. I mean, I am a mom of four kids. If you're good, then you can have your dessert or if you're good, you can have the, you know, pop or whatever. And um, there's so much of that ingrained in us. Yeah.
0: And once you take that away, take that power away. uh, It's, it's a lot different. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're right. Being mindful of your eating actually, you know, how, what does this taste like? Do I like the texture, you know, being really mindful and then paying attention to your hunger and fullness cues. That's also important. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you find that, um, as you were going through recovery and weight restoration, you haven't really talked about that, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I just asked this for a couple of different reasons, you know, did you find that it was kind of this, like you ate when you weren't hungry? Cause you had to, or then like your hunger cues came back. I mean, it seems like that really gets quite altered through the, when they're then disorder so active. And then as recovery too, that it's almost like I've heard my daughter say, and others say that they don't know if they can trust the hunger cues. Yeah.
0: You know? That was very hard getting the hunger cues back um, because I didn't have them. And the pain of introducing, reintroducing foods that I haven't had in years and just giving your body more than you're used to giving it, you know, it was, it was enough to make me want to quit. It's hard, but it's worth it. But yeah, the pain and the discomfort, you know, and a lot of people think that, oh, this hurts my stomach. is a food allergy. Well, no, you really got to look look and think back, like, well, how often do you have this food? How, how often, have you know, when was the last time you had this food? You know, if your body hasn't had something in a while, let's say dairy, and then you introduce it, yeah, it's your body needs to adjust. Mm. So yeah. Did that answer your sure. question?
1: Yeah, yeah, it did um, a bit. Yeah, that's good. And I haven't heard that. Um, there are, you know, people talk about food allergies all the time, and there's more, more and more incidents of, you know, all kinds of food sensitivities and things like that. So I've never heard it mentioned like that, but I think it's, I think it's, it's good to, um, to think about it that way is just that idea that, yeah, maybe dairy or maybe, you know, I um, again, all food is good food, right. But there are, um, I do believe that there, I mean, there are, there are products that, Have all kinds of additives and like, they're just not really. It's not really. It's not really food, right? It's just more like you know, it's the Twinkie that's all chemicals and stuff like that. So as much as we could say, well, you know, it's okay to eat a Twinkie. I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, and hope it's okay to say it to the world here or whatever. But it's like, do we need to eat a Twinkie? Like, I mean, yeah, we can eat a. I love chocolate chip cookies. Like, we can eat sweets. That's what I want to say is there's nothing wrong with having a treat if you want to call it a treat or something sweet. But sometimes I think things bother us because it's not, it's more filled with chemicals and things like that, that your body doesn't know how to, it doesn't know how to process that. And so it could hurt because of that. Or, I mean, I, again, I represent a product line of vitamins. There are vitamins that you take that are so synthetic and you can't even break it down. So it hurts your stomach. But when you have the right whole food supplements, if you will, your body knows how to process that. yep, you know
0: yep and and you know your gut too needs a variety of different foods to work. And I mm-hmm. learned that too, you know, with the intuitive eating. and I had a terrible, terrible digestive system, and I you know I have issues just from the abuse of from the eating disorder, and I'm sure the alcohol didn't help it either, putting chemicals into my body. And, um, you know, I would say I was, I was going to stay, you know, stay away from all these foods, you know, and all these, um, you know, I think I mentioned in my last one, like Thanksgiving, I, I won't have the mac and cheese or the sweet potatoes, but I'll drink a couple bottles of wine that contains ethanol, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just nuts. But Mm -hmm. anyhow, the change in once my stomach got adjusted to, to food, my digestion is a hundred times better because your body needs that. The gut needs a variety.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think your gut needs a variety. Well, I know your gut needs a variety. Um, sometimes it needs some extra help, right? If it yep. is a probiotic, you know, cause you've disrupted the intestinal flora, you know, based on all the sugar that you've eaten or, you know, those kind of things, maybe it needs a little digestive enzymes to help you yep. because again, when you're going through these, um, again, lots of food, no food, alcohol, no alcohol. Like it's just, it's right. It's out of balance. You have to give your body a chance to, you know, readjust. And sometimes you need a little extra help with some other type of supplemental um, supplemental things, or just even that intuitive eating this. How about you slow down a little bit? You know, how about we put on some soft music? How about, I mean, I remember with my eating disorder, like when things got very stressful, I mean, my stomach hurt and that's where I, like when you said like your stomach, like that's where I carried a lot of my stress. And so my stomach hurt and I'm like, I'm not hungry. It's like hurts. I'm not going to eat, you know? So it's like being mindful of all of that kind of stuff in our life and slowing down enough to notice that. Um, And then once you notice that, it's like, oh, okay, well maybe that's like, why am I feeling this way? Well, maybe it's because my mom said something to me and she upset me and, uh, you know, all of those kind of things. It's so important to, to pay attention to that so that we can really know what's going on and then how we can handle, you know, handle that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like is, um, the things that are helping you today stay, you know, in your recovery and moving forward and not falling back into those, I mean, we talked about intuitive eating and things like that, but what are some other things that are that are helping you? You talked about books, um, support groups.
0: Yep, books, um, the 12-step program for my eating disorder and the alcoholism. They've, I mean, they're huge. The people I've met, you know, my sponsor, even you know, me sponsoring other people that helps me, you know, that helps me grow, helping other people. You know, I started an Instagram page where I'm recovering out loud. And you know, my hope is if I can just help one person, you know, then that I'm doing my job. You know, I've had people reach out privately on my Instagram page thanking me and are saying, you know, I I know I don't know if you know I follow you, but every day you help me and I'm learning so much about this. Or someone that has a family member, you know, that's struggling, and um, so that makes me makes me feel good that to know that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm able to volunteer at my daughter's school. Um, I volunteer for one of the 12 step programs, um, working the hotline, things like that. Um, so right now I'm just kind of really taking it one day at a time. I don't know what the future holds, but, um, I, I really, I really just want to be there for other people because, you know, I think it's Brene Brown that says, you know, through, connection, we heal and mm. you can't do this alone. You can't, I've seen people try to do it alone and you really can't, you know, my husband and kids are really supportive following um, the society being in the the society on Facebook and Instagram. That group is huge. My therapist is an angel. I, I You know, when I back in last December, I was really struggling. I was doing good with my sobriety, really struggling with my eating disorder. And I was, you know, I had a dietitian, I had a psychiatrist, I had a therapist. I was going to my meetings, and finally, our family therapist said, "You know, you need to. We need to switch it, switch it up. We need to do something different." So I switched up, up everyone. I found a new mm. therapist, found a new psychiatrist, new dietitian, and doing that really really helped. And this, the therapist is, um, helping me with some past traumas and we're doing the EMDR. You ever heard of Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Um, the EMDR therapy and I, it's hard, but it's helping, um, journaling, you know, I just started doing that. I hadn't done it since I was in treatment. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because it's really hard for me. (laughs) I don't, I don't like to to go there, but that really, that's been huge doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always like to have something in my hand, something warm, a cu- cup of coffee or a cup of tea that really helps. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, just that, that connection with others is huge. So I, I yeah. really recommend that to anyone who's struggling You you really can't do it alone.
1: No. And, um, you know, finding those things that you can watch or the people that you can follow. And I mean, I commend you for again, recovering out loud. Um, it has a nice ring to it with your last name. So, um, but you know, but that's what, um, you know, that's part of the reason why I started this podcast. I wanted people to feel like they're not alone in this journey. And yes, I believe recovery is completely possible, but it is a journey. And there Mm -hmm. are people that, you know, we, and just even with life, there are things that help us not, you know, we need things that help us now. And then, like you said, sometimes you have to switch it up and, um, you know, move to something else. I mean, I was in a spirituality circle with uh, women for about two and a half years and it was so helpful and useful for lots of reasons. And then um, just some things um, came up and I was like, you know what, I think it's time for me to, to move. And, um, and so I left and, by the grace of God, you know, I met somebody else who's now, you know, part of um, kind of my spiritual team and I do Reiki with her, but she has circles too. So all of a sudden I'm in that circle. And it's, I'm like, I said a couple of months ago, like, wow, this is really filling that part that I loved doing this, but now I'm, you know, and it's even better. And even just this idea that I know you don't you know know this about me, but I started ballroom dancing about a year and a half ago and um, I'm in the, and it's been lots of fun. I've learned and I've been at one studio dancing with a couple of instructors and um, now it's time for me to move on. I've um, for various reasons. Um, and one of my friends said, what are you justifying all that? Like if it's served its purpose, but you need a change. Then to go change. You don't have to yep. sit and like. But I'm just this very loyal person, and I tend to like once I find something I like, I just stay there. And so it has been this like just realization that you know what, it served its purpose, and now by the grace of God, I found this other place and some other friends that dance someplace else, and I've gone there, and I was like, wow, this like feels it feels really good. So I'm gonna change, and that's you know, that's okay. And, um, just finding those things and those people that you can watch. And like I say, in my wellness business, as well as on this podcast, like, you know, I'm an expert, at least here, I'm an expert by experience, right. Cause I've had that experience and I've had as with a recovered anorexic, as well as a mother with a child. And I'm not an ex, I mean, I'm an expert by experience, but I'm just farther along down the road right? Than some others. And that's where I try to put it and say, you know what? I have some things that I could share with you based on my, I've been there in that journey. And so I'm just coming, you know, putting my hand back to say, here, come along with me. I'll teach you what I've learned and hopefully it will help you. And it may not be everything, but you know, again, that power of our story and opening up and sharing, like you said, if it helps one person, a couple people. You know, and telling that story over and over helps us stay right in our sober, yeah, oh, sober in our recovery and <laughs> in, in realizing that. And um, I even, um, I just, I think it's, I, I want people to hear that to just because so many people have said, Why do you talk about it? Why? I'm like, Because you know what? Because we need to more people need to talk about it and not be ashamed of their journey and what they've gone through, um, because there's so many other people that are sitting right in that space that need to hear that it's okay to mm-hmm. struggle and to ask for yeah. help and those kind of things.
0: Yeah, I was I could not sit with my feelings before recovery. I could not could not sit with them, but you need to be able to sit with them and you need to be able to open up because secrets keep us sick. you know, we need to, we need to, to get it out.
1: Yep. Yeah. We could, um, we could, we could talk a whole lot about (laughs) that secrets keep us sick, you know, um, in just uh so, so many ways, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. Very true. And, um, Again, I'm so, and you know, the fact that you and I are talking today is because you had an impact on my daughter. And, um, and so take that for um, that. You're doing, you're doing great work because she came to me and said, oh. I don't know. Cause I remember when I first started the podcast and she's like, I don't know what she did say. She goes, I don't know really what you're doing with it. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't really know either, but I'm <laughs> just starting it. And I feel it was an idea given to me by God and, you know, mm-hmm. the God that I believe in. And I believe that you ha- get these ideas and, you know, if they're kind of fleeting things and they leave, you know, that's one thing, but it just kept coming back. And I was like, ah, and I always like the new stuff. So I'm like, Oh, podcasting, that's pretty cool. So <laughs> let's so let's see if I can try that. And, um, and again, it's been cool. And the fact that I was able to bring her on the podcast, you know, last week and have her tell part of her story, um, she's had so many people reach out to her and saying, wow, Anna, you really helped me. You really helped me with that. And, you know, she's not, you know, she's progressing along her journey, but she's not, you know, over here, but she's also not over here. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it really matters where we are on our journey. We can help people. Yep. Any place we're at. Yep, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So the people that are need to hear it right. Are gonna, are gonna hear that message. Yep. Yeah yeah um so tell people where, as we wrap things up here, tell people where they can find you um just to again follow you or to um, you know be connected with you.
0: Yep, you can follow me at redefining my okay um, r e d i f i n i n g my okay that's on Instagram. and you can reach out to me you know on there through direct message. Um, I'm, i I'd love to hear from you mm mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm so glad that um I met Anna on my journey and thank you so much for having me this has been great mm-hmm. I could talk to you forever
1: yeah right yeah that's uh <laughs> that's what um that's what I say to most people it's like okay I gotta keep one eye on the clock because um you know I could uh, <laughs> but that's but again a reason why I want to do this I'm I think I'm I'm good at this. I'm good at connecting. I love connecting. I love hear, hearing other people's stories if it's, you know, whatever it is in their life. And, um, and just being able to have that form to share with people is really, um, really awesome. So um, keep doing what you're doing. Again, thanks for coming on <clears throat> to talk with me today and um, look forward to following you again. I love that. I'm going to put in the show notes that too. the society, it's spelled a little, you know, yes, with eat, hold up, Yeah. But, um, that, uh, even again, I told, uh, showed that to my daughter and just that intuitive eating. And I'm going to follow along with that because I found it. Um, I know I can continue to learn, um, uh, learn from that and just the languaging too. I think that we can all learn about like how we talk, like you said, how you talk about food, how you talk about eating, how we talk about our bodies, like, come on, that's just a continual thing that we all need to pay attention to. Um, so that, like you said, we can change things for today's generation and for the generations, you know, yeah, to come. that's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nicole. Hope you okay, have a great rest you. of your day again. Thanks for coming here. And, um, again, listeners, thank you for coming back to listen. Um, it's always an honor to hear from you to say that this, uh, was beneficial. Please do. So that these um, podcasts continues, you know, rate and review, share things, um, pick up my journal if you need a place to start journaling and um, come back next time for a really awesome conversation on the next podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story? A story to share? A story of recovery and hope? Please let me know, as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk, and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.